Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Just a massive thank you before we start to whatever you are listening to this. Just a word of warning, we do this podcast three times a week, but we're not really sure which day it's going to be on. So the only way to keep your finger on the pulse and listen to the latest episode is to subscribe, get notifications. Why not drop us a review while you're there? Right, enough of that. Let's talk some rugby. I'm Ben James, I'm joined by Andy Howell and Matt Southcombe, here to record another podcast. How are we doing, gents? Morning. Yeah, fine. Uh, thank you, uh, thank you, Ben. After ben? a bit of an yeah. a- bit of an early start, you were nearly young myself on the uh, on the lead to the headphones. <laughs> of course, I imagine there's a few people out there who wouldn't have minded that happening. But I hope you boys are not in that. No, school. I'm not in that category. Yes, honest. <laughs> I can never tell if you're lying or not. Uh, <laughs> right, let's um, let's let's move on. Um, got George North coming up on the podcast. Matt, you uh, went to Exeter yesterday to interview him yes yeah he was down there doing some bits for Land Rover um, uh, strangely enough he um, he couldn't make it to the event because he had uh, some physio he had to attend to um, back at Osprey's obviously picking up that knock on the weekend but as you'll hear soon he's hoping to be fit for the weekend which Osprey's fans will be glad to hear and Wales fans of course with Six Nations on the horizon um, so yeah he wasn't actually down there Um but I managed to uh, catch a few minutes with him on the phone and uh, hopefully it's uh, interesting listening. That's a long drive for a phone call, isn't it? Well, that's right, it certainly. Yeah. Do you get a chance to have a go in a Land Rover, Matt? No, I know. I not, not, you won't want me behind the wheel of a Land Rover. Uh, yes, uh, but it was, uh, there were a few other interests down there. Sam Warpton, I um, interviewed Sam as well. That's already up on the website if people want to read it. So it wasn't, uh, wasn't a good, a case. That's a terrific read, actually, by the way, I must say. He was so nice yeah. to me this morning uh, about that interview that I, I thought he was being sarcastic. See, that's what it's like in this office. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's sarcastic when anyone dishes out any praise. Yeah, but it's uh, no, it's a top stuff from uh, from uh, Warburton, and actually well put together by Matt. <laughs> <laughs> actually, well put together. <laughs> oh, the surprise in his voice. So you didn't get a Land Rover sponsorship then? No, nothing for me, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it's a bit out of my price range, old Land Rovers as well. So I don't think you'll see what, me. What, uh, that's what I learned to drive in. You what? Learned to drive in a Land Rover. Yeah, but how old was the Land Rover bit? <laughs> I mean, it was it was the sort of Land Rover discoveries where you couldn't adjust the seat because it's all in one. <laughs> so it's like, ah, it's when I'm up yeah, from the rural part of the yeah. country you were from, seeing so you Which you know, when you've had a growth spurt at like sixteen, you're like six foot two. Driving one of them is a nightmare. Yeah, I've never had the experience, and I don't I ever will. Yeah, to be I'm honest. surprised to hear that actually Land Rover was your first uh, driving experience. I thought it would have been a tractor on the farm. No, no, or well, quad bike, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm talking cars now. Yeah, all oh, right, not tractors. Way off topic. Yeah, but you know, you started it. Also. <laughs> um, right, so that's um, that's Land Rover done. Let's get into George North. Let's hear what George North had to say. We're delighted to be joined now on the Welsh Rugby Podcast by George North, who's uh, speaking to us in his uh, capacity as a Land Rover ambassador. George, first of all, um, how's the injury? Yeah, okay, thanks. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll be okay for Saturday now. Um like, like anything, just first game back, just took a little uh, a little tweak, so hopefully be okay now. So, uh, yeah, all good. Thank you. Okay, bro. And, uh, you know, I, I imagine that there was um, there was nobody more frustrated than yourself. I know it came right at the end of the match, but given you've just had a, a couple of weeks off with an injury, it must have been uh, a little bit frustrating. Um, yeah. Not, not sure with any 
injury it's never it's never good um you know to to feel it at all after you think you're healed <laughs> so yeah it was just a bit more concern really you know, as you said I've been out for a, a bit of time with it now so but um, you know lucky touch wood I don't know if you're, I'm touching wood right now um touch wood we um we're okay all right bro and uh, as we mentioned you know, we had a couple of a couple of weeks off it must have been difficult for yourself to be uh, having to watch the ospreys rather than than, than be involved in, and, and trying to help them get out of the situation that they find themselves in what it's been a tough couple of weeks isn't it yeah tough is probably an understatement um you know obviously being injured as well there's not much you can do um from the sideline you know you want to get back in the mixer and get in the fold and and fight with the boys you know it's um i think um you know the resilience the boys have showed um the fight um the desire for them to come back every monday and keep trying to perform is is huge um you know something that i'm proud of to be part of the way that they um they keep fighting each week and you know the first my first game back um Obviously, we didn't get the result we, we wanted or probably deserved. I, I might, in my honest opinion. Um, but you know, I'm you know I'm just happy to be back and to be able to help in any way I can to to fight for the for the club now. And I'm sure you've seen um, the comments from Alan Wynne Jones yesterday. It was quite forthright in in his opinions. Um, how do you, how do you feel and the rest of the players feel about the situation that the region are in at the moment? so he can say what he wants like didn't he so um, but no I, I, I would say it's, it's it's not ideal the situation we're in now it's far from ideal if I'm being really honest but you know it, there's, a, there's a lot of people that have been um, I guess you have to look at yourself and look at um, uh, what, what we have and the hand we've been dealt and sometimes um you know, from our point of view, we, we, we can only crack on from a playing point of view. You know, a lot of the decisions and a lot of the the stuff going on at the moment is is above us. Um, I think Alan Wynn has said enough about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but from from a from a playing point of view, it, it, it is difficult when you know your ducks aren't in a line and you've got stuff going on left, right, and centre. But as I said earlier, you know the way that the boys keep turning up, keep fighting. You know, um, it, it, it's. Um, it's something I'm proud to be part of, you know, and, um, you know, as I, I think I said, um, you went in the interview earlier, I, I had another interview earlier and, um, you know, good, you know, the uh, good people, uh, the people you want around you will be there, you know, through thick and thin, you know, not, not just for the good times, you know, they'll be there for the bad times and I, I can't speak any higher than, than I, I can then about obviously the, the the background staff for the moment and the playing squad because you know their resilience and their efforts are um, are incredible you know and I've no doubt we'll, we will get our just deserved soon enough we've just got to keep crafting you know yeah and uh, on a personal note then George what what have you made of of your own 2019 season so far it, it's been a, a mixture of some some good times and um, and some some bad times with the injuries. <laughs> Yeah, um, well, we're in 2020 now. I don't know if anyone's told you, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah, no, it, yeah, no, it's a good start, isn't it? Yeah, no, for 2019, obviously the World Cup, and um, I didn't have the impact as I was hoping. You know, I was building nicely. I felt through the through the campaign as we went. Um, you know, but then. <laughs> Yeah, as I said, didn't have the, the, the impact I was hoping for. Um, then the injury came, and there's, sometimes there's bugger all you can do about injuries, um, and they're the hardest times because when you know you're, you're laid off for a long time or a decent spell, you know that you've got 
enough enough time to think about what happened <laughs> in the build up to that injury, you know, and um you know, and it's been it's been tough, you know, a lot of hard work, um, a lot of graft and obviously where, where the club is at the moment it was just um trying to fight to get back for them. Um it was nice to get a bit of time off. Um but as soon as I came back from from uh, from the time I wanted to get straight back into it and yeah, you know, it's just nice to be back in um in with the boys now uh, and yeah hopefully you can push on um, and get fighting for the boys again now how, how do you um, how do you re- well not how do you reflect I mean, how long does it sort of take for you to be able to park um, what happened in the World Cup and, and, and begin to focus on your next challenge um, longer than you think mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think you can ever really park it up you know, I think you. Um, I think you always hold on to it. You know, that is your, that is your fuel. That is your fire. That's what gets you up in the morning. You know, that hurt, um, that desire to make it right. Um, I, I don't. Some. You know, you never know when your last game is for your club or your country. And you know, for me, I, I may. Hopefully, I get the chance to play in a World Cup. Um, but you know, I, I. You know, I may never get that chance again. And you know, that hurt is. You know what what you keep on to and what drives you and you know you, you need that I think you know, especially in professional rugby you need that drive you need that hurt in you um, but the same breath you know you, you have to move on you know you can't keep running on on mistakes or issues that have happened you've got to basically focus on the next game that's coming you know they come thick and fast as the season as the season sort of draws on and as you well know report on them um, you know the game the next game is only seven days away or less than that you know so you've always got to you know, keep that, review it, keep what you need from it, and then refocus. It, it was said, I think it was after the 2011 World Cup, that one of the most important things that the squad did was go on to win the Six Nations the following year. Um, how, how, how much of a motivation is it to, to get some sort of success in February and March this year after what happened? Um, I, I, th- I think it's, it's huge, you know. I think the, the work that's gone in has been you know, two years, over two years now to get up to the World Cup and, you know, we missed out on that one spot and, yeah, there's um, disappointment, yeah, then, you know, obviously things you can't really control like injuries, etc., etc., and stuff like that you can't really, you know, you can't really dwell on, but for us, I think we got to go full fat milk um, into into the Six Nations now and get some just deserve from that, you know, and... I think with the new coaching staff and the new, um, yeah, the new coaching staff in, in Wales and with the WRU, I think that new energy, that new that new drive will be good for us. Exactly what we need post World Cup, you know. Yeah, and um, what have you made of the, the the competition for places now in the Wales side? So much talk has always been about the the, the competition in the back row, but suddenly, if you look at the back three now, they, there's a lot of contenders for for three shirts there. What what have you made of the way that competition is shaping up? Um, I think, like any any position, to have that much competition um, is brilliant. Not only for the individuals in it, it brings out the best out of you, but also the best for the for the team. You know, um, obviously, back three, we're in a, in a great place at the moment with with many players shining. Um, some boys are playing some continuing some great form from the from the World Cup. You know, Josh Adams is flying, uh, Laney's flying. You know, and these boys, you know, they just as I said, it just generates a lot more. Um, 
pressure, a lot more um, focus within, and because you know you know you have to be on your, at your best um, each week to to get in that jersey, you know, and um, you know the moment. Uh, you know, I've obviously just come back, so I, I'm obviously fighting to try and get back into that jersey, you know, um, and hopefully, you know, we've I've only got a limited games now to try and find a bit of form, and, you know, um, yeah, you, 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 like, you just have to keep fighting now. And uh, obviously, you missed the uh, the Barbarians game a, a few weeks back. Have you, have you had much chance to either catch up with Stephen Jones since Japan or, or speak to Wayne Pivak since he took over? Yeah, well, I, I was um, I was in camp for the week of the Barbars. Okay. Um, obviously, an extra week of learning, extra week of um, getting to know the new roles, etc., etc. It's a very, very, very poshing to say, etc., etc. Um, and yeah, I've, I've spoken to him a few times um, just regarding obviously reviewing the World Cup, focusing on obviously Six Nations, um, and then kind of what I've got to do going forward now um, and you know that, that bit of contact's been good especially being injured you know you need that not I guess that these messages that can really help you push on now Alright then let's let's park the, the rugby for a, for a little moment then and and go in a, a different direction what what do you do away from from the game to sort of chill out and switch off and and try and park it for a few hours a day I know obviously being a professional rugby player there's there's a lot of training and a lot of preparation that goes in but you've got to switch off at some point haven't you um yeah you know you, you have to I think I, I think I said it before previously you know you, you can't switch on when you can't switch off if you know that makes sense it's weird a weird way of thinking about it but um, yeah, no, I think for me, uh, I'm be able to do much of it because obviously with injuries and stuff. But for me, I, I enjoy my mountain biking and getting out on my, on my bike. Um, I'm a big fan of motorbikes, um, so just tinkering on my bike and and doing extra bits there. Um, and you know, got a few different, different little things going on off the field now as well, which is exciting. So you know, and obviously, um, Re- Rebecca is. Uh, Got to do you in April, so that's probably the biggest one I should mention. Because if I don't, I get a slap. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it's all it's all exciting stuff now, you know. And um, yeah, I think uh, plenty of stuff to keep you busy. <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, this might this might catch you a little bit off guard, but how do you think your team, your teammates would describe you? Uh, how would they describe me? Um, oh. Um, well, they call me nasty things, you know. <laughs> they, they, I'll be, I answer to many names. I can't believe they um, nasty things about you. Not nasty things, but they, they call me many names, which I probably can't say on a podcast or, <laughs> or anything live. Um, now, uh, what do they say? What I hope they would say is, um, I guess, positive energy. Um, a little bit childish I wouldn't say fully childish um, and someone that gives his all every time you know and um, that's why I hope they would say but whether they do say or not is another thing <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I ever get a chance to speak to them I'll let you know what they say yeah, um, yeah. And, and just finally then outside of, of rugby what, what have been your sort of proudest achievements that you would you would be um, quite happy with outside of rugby um, outside of rugby, my proudest achievement—I I, well, it's 
not really my achievement, but being able to be there to watch Becky win two silvers in Rio was quite a proud achievement, even though I did nothing apart from stand there and shout. <laughs> um, what was that experience like? That must have been a, a special moment for, for the pair of you to be able to share that. I'll be brutally honest, it was horrendous. <laughs> like, I obviously, when you're playing a sport or doing something, you can, you know, you're in it, you're in the moment, you're not thinking about it. Yeah. But when you're watching, it was horrendous. I'm a terrible spectator. That's um, what I've gathered. So, yeah, do you have a bit of sympathy for for Becky and, and your parents now, given given that you went through that experience? Uh, well, not not really, because when it was Becky doing it, it's only she's only the only one, isn't it? So at least for the team, there's other bits going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. My proudest achievement off, off outside of rugby. I don't know. I, I that's a tough one. As you could have given me a heads up, couldn't you on that one? Sorry. Mate. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> All right. It's always good to be able to catch somebody off guard with a few questions. I know you boys are very well uh, used to all this sort of stuff now. Um, all right, then, George. Just just finally, then uh, you know you've got the you've got the games coming up this weekend. As you said, hopefully you'll be back for this. It, it doesn't get any easier for the Ospreys with with the games coming up. But you you confident that that, that you and your teammates down there are going to be able to turn it around soon? I think if you look at our two next two games, we're uh, at the thick end of the of the stick. Um, you know, with obviously Saris a Saturday and a Munster away on Sunday, the following Sunday, sorry. Um, but I, I think why would you not want to play these teams now? You know, um, for us, you know, we, we are building. I think if you look at the last couple of weeks, I know the results haven't gone our way, and I think the way that the team is showing that performance now is is there. I just think we need to put it all together. Um, and why not do it against the the best in Europe? You know, um, you know, uh, you know. There's again, I guess that from the fans' point of view and everyone's point of view, there's people don't expect, won't, will not expect us to to beat Saracens or will not expect us to beat Munster away. But you know, the, the desire and the and the the want from the boys is is massive. You know, and you know if we you know we go out there try our best, and if we do come come short, at least we know we're in the mixer if that makes sense you know we 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 are scrapping against the best in Europe and and just come a bit short so you know for us I think a lot of it is obviously we'd, we'd love the result we desperately love the result but a lot of it would be about the performance as well you know and um, I'm building that performance going forward Alright brilliant listen George it's been great to see you uh, back out on the field last weekend and uh, all the best for the rest of the season Thanks mate have a good one I'm Sam Warburton, and you're listening to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. So interesting stuff there from George North. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, yeah, he was um, seemed in good spirits, you know. Everybody sort of feared a little bit when he sort of had that niggle at the end of the Dragons game last weekend um, and limped off. Uh, you know, we all know he's had, a, he's had his fair share of knocks and... Um, no, it's good to hear that he was uh, in good spirits targeting the game on the weekend. Um, you know, we've got such a, as we're going to come on to, such a huge competition for places in the Wales team at the moment. He can't really afford uh, to be missing these games uh, with the uh, squad selection coming up as well. So Pivak will want to see him out in the middle, so to speak, and uh, hopefully he gets the opportunity to do that against, um, who have they got this weekend? they got Saracens. Saracens, yeah. Munster. So it's going to be tough for them both games because they're up against two teams who are battling for a final place probably in Europe. 
quarterfinals and those two teams are going to be flat out for bonus point wins so this could be an odd double assignment yeah. for George and the Ospreys Saracen's so got any players? <laughs> they're all leaving isn't they? well they got them at the minute <laughs> they're there for now yeah. yeah in my book they're still favourites for Europe if they get for their group strongest squad in Europe interesting to see um, but looking ahead to the Six Nations obviously Italy up first do we see George North being in that starting 15 because he's only as we speak he's only had less than 80 minutes back since the World Cup um, and there's a lot of wingers in Wales who have played a bit more rugby than him some mm. outside of Wales who have played more rugby than him I'm sure we'll talk about him in a minute Louis Rees-Samet George North's got a fair bit of cash up to do obviously he's got a reputation which has helped him in the past probably but it's a new coach could be new faces couldn't it yeah it could be um, like I said you know that's why he's going to want to be keen to to be out in the middle as much as he can probably being very frustrated by the injuries he's had um, I think you know it's, it's, there's a serious debate to be had about whether he's in the starting side but there is also a debate you know there's people out there suggesting he's not going to be picking the squad which I think is stretching it that um, is stretching it he yeah. will be in the squad you know he's what, what's he got he's got something like 40 tries and 90 caps He's um, got the most test tries in the last decade. No, third most. Second. <laughs> sure now? I don't know. I looked at it. There. Someone did a, a, a graphic and it wasn't that clear. Uh, Surveyor. Yeah. Then yeah. North. Staggering, prolific, staggering then Ben Smith. Yeah. So, you know, like, you don't lose that overnight. Um, and, you know, except people have, have had their views on him. I know Andy's got views on him. I'm sure we'll hear those in a minute. Um, but I, you know, I see the, the merits to him starting these games and playing. Um, however, you know Owen Lane uh, is somebody who I think's played very well, given when he's got chances over the Christmas derbies. Um, and you know, like you said, George hasn't been playing, um, so he's got catching up to do in the next two weeks. Yeah, he's hardly played since the World Cup. And that's an issue for him. He needs to play these next two matches, and he needs to show something because um, you know his form of Wales been mediocre and. My, you know, my argument is you've got to pick the best two wings on form, and perhaps ability. And in my eyes, that's Josh Adams, clearly number first choice, and uh, Reese Zamet, who is sensational. Age, I don't think, is a barrier with him. He'd be 19 the day after match against Italy. Be older than North was when North made his debut, and some of the other Welsh greats. So, uh, if you're good enough, you're old enough. In my opinion, whether you're 18. Oh, you're as old as Alan Wynne Jones, 34. What? What I just think that boy has got it, and Italy is a match where Pivot can experiment a little as well. You don't have to pick Rissam at them for the following games. Same at outside half. You could pick Jared Evans for this game. Don't have to play him out in Ireland. Dan Bigger could be the man for that job. What did you make of North? Because I know you were at the Dragons game uh, last weekend. I thought he was going to have a, a sort of more louder game. I, I remember I, I messaged you during the warm-ups. Ah, yeah. uh, I was watching the warm-ups and, and North was just, you know, they're going through their drills and North was bursting onto every inside ball and I thought, oh, every attack now, they're going to look for him on inside balls and target the defence. And then the game started, he had a couple of touches. It, 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 let me just say though, it is different, but it's it, it is different. Ball in, a, in a practice match, the, uh, but the, it just, in it looked, practice and it is in a match, looked, people are lining up to smash you. Yeah, but it, lo- it looked like he was yeah. going to go looking for work, and he, he did a bit, and then he probably just got sucked into what is the Ospreys' attacking plan, which is there isn't really one. Um, he took his try fairly well, but that was mainly thanks to Scott Williams. Yeah, um, Rio Dyer beat him a couple of times, but then that's you know, I thought Rio Dyer had a really good game. 
So that's that's neither here nor there. Um, BA probably just faded as the game went on, which is. He, he does drift out of games, mind. He does go looking for early touches. He has in the past with uh, with Wales. Gatlin is, you know, had his thing all the time. Think what, the more touches he yeah. makes, the better. But if it don't happen for but him, then, you know, in the opening 15, 20 minutes, he does, it does seem to be this thing where perhaps like subconsciously almost drifts out of it a bit. That's the problem. You, 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 can get, you can get touches on the ball yeah. easily. It's getting the quality of touches. Hmm. You know, any, anyone can get 10 touches on the ball just by, off, you know, just taking ball for a receiver every time. But you've got to be taking the ball in, in good areas and now, to, to make those touches quality. And that's where it's hard for North is because he does get marked out of games often. But that's also a very good point. To get quality of touches, you're relying on your teammates a lot of the time. Exactly. Yeah. And he's playing in a team that's won one game out of 14 yeah. a season. Yeah. So, but how you know, many times he's played a season? Yeah, but he's, his first game, on it? He's, got a, he's got a problem now. And his biggest problem is, yes, they're playing Saracens and Munster next up. But they're expected to be on the wrong end of some absolute hidings. Yeah, it's very difficult to stand out and play well in a side if they're getting spanked. Well, the yeah. only area he's going to stand out potentially in those two matches in defence. Potentially, he yeah. might not get a lot of ball in good positions. Going, going back to the weekend, I think the second half showed one thing: George North is in the centre. Yeah, he's played quite a bit of the centre, mind in the past. He's, Could he's, he do he's an not, emergency job? Not. Okay, maybe, Emerge, his, yeah, hand, emergency maybe job. his hands are not brilliant, so you'd have not, to miss him out if you're going to get the ball wide. Right. He looks wasted in the centre. Hmm. Um, how many sort well, of impacts on the game? Did, what, how much of the game came his way when he was at centre, though? Like, I don't. I, I remember him moving to midfield in that game, and I was thinking, right, we need to watch this very closely here because this could happen in the Six Nations. And I don't necessarily remember a great deal... Because the game sort of broke up a little bit when the Dragons took over and Scott Williams went off. I I don't remember it a whole lot coming down or the yeah. ball. I don't remember him touching not. the ball. I, I think it's a it's a combination of him and Tom T and Thomas Wheeler between the pair of them. Just the the control went. Scott Williams, you know, he still doesn't look fully up to pace. Well, Scott Williams has suffered an hamstring injury in that yeah, match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, you know, how long is he going to be up with that? Is that him gone from well, the Six Nations when he, went, when he went off, the control yeah, 54 went... 54 minutes, I think, he lasted. Like, mm. he, he he was offering the Ospreys control in that back line. Mm. They, didn't, they didn't look fluent, but they had some sort Experience. of... Some control, thanks to him, yeah. which just went. Um... And the other thing with George North, like we said about, you know, you, you could you could not start Dan Bigger against Italy, you could start Jared Evans and then throw Dan Bigger in for the for the next game against Ireland in Dublin. I don't think you could do that with George. If you're gonna if you're gonna invest in George North for the Six Nations. Oh, you're gonna have to start them in the games to try and get him some confidence. Yeah, I think you're gonna have to start him against Italy because he's not getting minutes at the minute. With, right. with his touches, back to his touches, when if someone's giving him the ball flat and, and like put him in the gaps like um like Tom Shackman used to be a master of uh, it in uh, gaps and somebody did it in re- Aaron Wainwright is good at it as well um, George is big enough mind to smash holes um, yeah I mean know. I think his first his first touch on Saturday was off a scrum um, I think it was either an inside or an off the shoulder ball from fly half which he did well off he had a try ruled out on the stroke of half time yeah not sure what the infringement was but he, he did well to reach the line from that, that was another sort of pick and go or inside ball. You know, he, when he was given the chance, he, he did pick holes. Either, yeah, it's just, the Ospreys just aren't really manipulating defences enough to, to to get him into the game. Yeah, I think a lot of this is is going to... Like, this is why I made those comments when we had... Me and Simon got into it a couple of months back on the podcast about, where, you know, with someone like North, you don't... 
you say to him from the start that he's your man yeah and you stick by him because like you said I think he he prefers to have that run of games like and there is also I think if you throw somebody in against Ireland who is going to be getting some physical stuff because big blokes always attract physicality you know that could be his third game yeah sorry fourth game since he's come back from the injury first game at that level in 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 a while that's asking for another injury you know, they, they, this I think is another reason why we're getting a lot of these injuries because players are coming back into some big occasions and big games where the intensity levels go through the roof, and they haven't played for a while. And even if even if he doesn't get injured, it's still asking a lot to go out to Dublin and perform. Perform. Yeah, it is. I think I think that Italy game's a perfect chance for him to to find some of his form. Um, I don't think. You know, I think let's, let's cut the chase here now. I don't think he's had much form for a couple of years. Consistent form. He's had, so, he's had so many knocks since that when he showed actually in the first test in 2016 in New Zealand but did his hamstring and since then he's had so many much hamstring problems he scores tries though he does it's, it's, he does I score I mean his try his try, try scoring record ain't that bad mm. it's not, if, not you look, if you look at, if you look at the pure numbers he's not that far behind Josh Adams in terms of like ratios and I won't, stuff I won't name names right but when we were in when we were out in Japan there was one one of our colleagues was going to write a, a fairly strong piece about North, and when he actually looked at the stats, he decided that there was no way he could write it because the numbers are there and they support North's case. Perhaps it's a case that people did, expect so much of him because, as Gatlin, Warren Gatlin says in his autobiography, that after the Lions tour in 2013, North was on the verge of greatness. I, I look at it, it's a bit like it's a bit like perhaps regressed slightly. If you look at Wayne Rooney in football, when when a player bursts onto the scene that young with that much potential, because they're still young, you keep thinking, oh well, there, there's more exponential growth. So Wayne Rooney throughout his career just always had well. He's in the next two years, he's gonna he's gonna be an even better player. Yeah, but that's not his case. But then if you look back on Wayne Rooney's career as a whole, well, he's England's top goal scorer, he's Man United's top goal scorer. He, he was still a very, very good footballer. It's just that weight of expectation. People probably think that he should have been better than what he was. Yeah, well, he had a couple of bad tournaments, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah but, one know. tournament when his touch was awful. He was a great player, mine. Yeah, I've said this before about And, and of course, the other thing with Rooney, same as North, he had loads of injuries. Yeah, well, I've said this before about North, right? He's a massive victim of his own success. If he beats four players, why didn't he beat five? If he picks up the ball in his own half, why hasn't he scored? It is literally like that with North. Every time he gets the ball... He is expected yeah. to do something remarkable, and that's a lot of pressure. Going back, that 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 touch per game metric has always like fascinated me because, as we say, it's just it's never a, a sure thing for success. I think if you look at like some of the games where he's had the most touches, one of them was Argentina twenty twelve, which is probably a game where you know Wales got beat convincingly that day by Argentina. It just goes to show you know having loads of touches doesn't mean much because he's probably trying too hard to sort of carry a Wales team yeah, on his it, back it depends on the situation as well with the touches doesn't it if you're on a back foot it's a lot more difficult if you're on a front foot it's a lot easier isn't it yeah well, it's funny you know, It's funny you mentioned a colleague out in Japan doing because I did pretty much the same a couple of I think it was after the Barbarians game I set out to do a piece sort of looking at what George North has done and I came away probably writing a slightly different piece once I gathered all the numbers and, and sort of crunched them sort of Showing them, you know, North hasn't exactly gone backwards in the second half of his career, as as many people seem to think. 
Mm. The, the, the number numbers playing with numbers is dangerous, right? Yeah. There is always an argument. You've got to you've got to say what your eyeballs are telling you, right? And and I totally accept all that. Um, but yeah, I just think like like we've touched on here. He's been a, a bit of a victim of his own success in many ways. He would never admit that. I've asked him before, and he refuses to admit that. Um, but you know, like you said, people expect a lot from him and that burden of expectation is not placed on other players. All we've done here, mind, is talk about his attack. He is not a great defender. That's the other thing. You know, he's, you know, Mike, remit, if you like, I always say he got off with a lot more positives than negatives. <laughs> At the moment, I think he's not often as many positives as he did four years ago. And there's the negatives. His defence is not always great. You said earlier, Rio Dyer beat him a couple of times in that game uh, last weekend um, you know his defence teams do play on him with cross kicks and they do try and target him on a narrow side by isolating him and playing on him a bit so you know, it's a balancing act what do you do I gotta, I gotta be honest though right go back and look at the Fiji game Radrada ran riot yeah yep. we all agree yeah. on that yeah. 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 how many times did he beat George North watch our game back and tell me how many times he beat George North the France game, watch the first half back. Tell me how many times George North got Wales out of trouble defensively. And Josh Adams, to be fair, was was yeah. huge in that in that first half. I think he's come on he's come on massively. I th- uh, yeah, I, I, I think I think, he's I think he has he has had stuff. defensive I- issues in the past. And we still see bits of it. Like France, for example, in the Six Nations yeah, last he year. Gets drawn in. Rouget, you know, he doesn't need to be told about that. That's we all saw it. You know, so there are still those bits and bobs, but I think that has improved a lot. Can't argue with that. Mm. However, are Adams, Resamet, Owen Lane, Amos, or whoever, anybody, whoever else, and if Liam Williams is fit for the Six Nations, that brings a different uh, issue because uh, you know I would still say Halfpenny's favourite to start a fullback if Liam is fit. On form, I don't see how you can see leave half penny out the team. So could Liam end up playing on one wing, Adams on the other? It's a good position to be in potentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that's the other thing is obviously Gatlin's no longer the coach. It's Wayne Pivak. Yeah, and how how will Wayne Pivak see to getting the best out of George North? Because I mean, the last few years under Gatland, Gatland tried really hard to to figure out how to get the best out of George North. We saw him taking the ball in different places. We saw him going to rucks, pick and goes, just just so we could start taking, you know, getting those touches in different areas and, and trying to sort of target different weak points of the defence. So maybe maybe Pivak's got something up his sleeve yeah, other, to get the best out of George North. Yeah, hopefully he has. The other bloke I mentioned is Johnny McNichol, mind, who's an expert at doing that yeah. sort of thing. Yep. You know? Yeah. So that competition... That's big. Steph Evans is playing massive, well. isn't it? Steph's playing really well. But I, I would put a lot of onus on Stephen Jones on this, right? George North and Josh Adams, in my opinion, the two biggest attacking weapons Wales have got. So it's his responsibility to game plan those players into positions mm. where they can be effective. Especially when we are struggling for centres. Well, it could end up then, a situation then, here with someone of the chaps we've spoken about plays in the centre. I just yeah. mean I just I don't I don't mean you move one into the centre, but just when you are sort of struggling, you're missing your centre. Yeah. Your, your weapons like John Davis, then it becomes even more yeah. important that you you figure out how to get your strike runners out wide into the game. Yeah, yeah. North has played Test rugby at centre against Australia, France, etc. Started. He's played. Um, uh, Alan Amos has played centre for the Dragons 
and at younger age grades. Johnny McNichol says he started off as a centre in New Zealand. Uh, Owen Lane was a centre and they run Josh Adams for the best part of 20 minutes against the Barbarians at the centre after running him in training. So it could be a situation where they're going to have to. When you look at that 13 position for Wales, it's a real issue now. Scott Williams is uh, is out. Owen Fulham Watkins doesn't recover from his cartilage. Jonathan Davis is out anyway. Who are they going to play at number 13? Yeah, it's a real issue. You know, I tell you what, I'll use a dark horse for you. If Owen Williams just come back from nine months out after knee surgery, played one game for Gloucester, came off the bench, he's likely to start this weekend, albeit at outside half. But if he has a big game against Montpellier in Europe, could he actually could he actually be a dark horse for the squad and play at number thirteen? Because you would think he's got the uh, speed and foot movement to play there. I think wait, wait, would you play him at twelve or thirteen? Play, I can't see you can't. I don't see how you can play Adley Parks at 13. That's what I was going to say. I don't know. So, I think you could play like James Hook played at 13 and 12 at 10. That Owen Williams is a player to me. If you want to, especially if you want to shift the the the, the ball, ball and the size, he's aggressive really, runner. That, could you play him at 13? Did that ever really work? Well, Gatlin thought, thought that was Hook's best position. The trouble is about I understand what you're saying, Ben, but to Andy's point. What are the options? Yeah. You know, this is where we are, really. You know, there aren't thirteens out there, so we're in the we're in the realms now of shoehorning players into that position. And I, you know, I quite like what Andy's going with there in terms of if he plays well, you know, it could be a dark horse. Otherwise, you're gonna have to put a winger there. And don't forget, Stephen Jones knows all about him and played with him at the Scarlets, yeah, as well. You know, he's light on his feet. That Owen Williams, he could easily play centre I mean I've said over the years about Amos playing centre is would that be his best position because he's so good timing on the passes hitting angles and passing behind the back and with the new tackle regulations now where people are not going so high it's great for players who've got the ability to lay the ball off yeah I think Amos would be a more credible option than say like a north for yeah. me. especially given how he played over the festive derbies yeah, he must. I thought I thought he looked as a really good playmaker from fullback. Mm. So you could see him doing that in in midfield. Yeah, I could see him hitting angles like Shanklin used to hit angles for Wales in midfield. Shanklin wasn't the quickest guy in the world, but it was all about timing and hitting that ball, hitting those passes. You know, with a good outside half, puts you into space. You can make it look really good, uh, Carney. You know, I'll tell you what, though, whoever we, whoever Wales do put there, I will have reservations over because I think that's an area of weakness now. Yep. Oh, without a doubt, and other teams will. Yeah, the, that, that player is going to be targeted seriously by good teams in the Six Nations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's predict then who's going to be the the two wingers and the two centers to start the Six Nations. Oh, crikey! Um, I won't hang around. Go on, then. Josh Adams. Yeah. Reece Summit. Centers: Hadley Parks, Alan Amos. Yeah, Parks and Amos. I, um, yeah, you've just convinced me on Amos. Actually, I wasn't sold on it. Yes, he's done a selling job. Um, but Jared at twelve. You, you've just convinced me. Jared at ten against Sydney. Josh Adams obviously is nailed on um, on one wing. I think. No, based on what we've seen so far, I think Lane would be on the other wing. Um, I think if North does well against Saracens and Munster he could force his way into the side um, 
but those would be that would be my thinking behind it. I think if if North struggles to get into the next two games, which he may very well do, because as we've discussed, the opposition is likely to be on top, then he might suffer as a consequence when it comes to Wales. Um, but I think if he plays well, he could he could get back in that side. I don't know about centre. I ain't got a clue. Um, but I think... Oh, I think oh hang on. So we go put our necks on the line and you go. I'll get to it in a minute. I think it'll be McNichol and Adams. So I think I think McNichol might have a bit of credit in the bank from, from the last game Bob the Barbars. Bobo's ankle injury. That's, only, that's holding him up a bit. Um, he's back this weekend, isn't he? Um, two, two weekends. Pivak knows him. Pivak knows what he brings. I think he'll be keen for him to start against Italy. Um, centre... Parks. Um, it'd be interesting to see, like what what he does, who he calls up. Could someone like Steph Hughes get a call up? Sorry. No, 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 no. Last week he was a uh, good club player. He was found last out. week he was found out again against yeah. the Dragons. Not enough pace. Uh, not against Dragons, against the uh, Blues. Blues, uh, yeah. A bit short pace, uh, which you need at that level. I think it should be Hallam Amos. I don't know whether he'd be seen as a centre in the Wales setup, but I'll go with him anyway. Well, they, you know, it, it depends who they run in training. Or yeah, I, I, don't I, think, I, I don't know. I don't know if they'd be running him as a centre. They didn't against Bar- before Barbarians. Uh, he was in a squad, wasn't he? Against Barbarians, was he? he was in a yeah, squad, but didn't yeah. Play, I, quite, didn't I quite like that. But though. they ran Adams in training before the um, before that match. I mean, if, if Scott's, I don't know what the injury is, but he showed in. 50 minutes against the Dragons that he'd be in that starting 15 yeah just for the control I think it's class you, little yeah. else just just the control he showed you did earlier in the show with Ben you did question his fitness that's, that's the only that's the only thing is he sharp enough um, you know this is a back problem I'm a, not too sure hamstring problem they could they actually be linked you know uh, he's been out with hamstring now twice in the last um, 15 yeah. months yeah yeah you know, this is his third hamstring injury. I don't know. He, Plus, we're he, not. He trotted it off, so we don't know the severity of it. What What is Pivak's feelings on him? Because he wasn't picked in the Barbar squad initially. He was called as a replacement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that was interesting, and, wasn't it? Yeah. Did, did Pivak sell shares in him at the, the Scarlets? Well, it, obviously, Scott left the Scarlets because yeah. he wasn't getting. He didn't. The game time, but when they, they won the Pro 12, who was in the centre that day, he started with Jonathan Davis with Parks on the bench. Well, we'll find so, out next week who's going to be in line. Yeah, it's very interesting, that, squad. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, so, yeah, you can uh, read the George North interview, I think, online soon. Read it soon, yeah. Obviously, you just listen to it. Read it soon if you want. Indeed. And for all the latest Welsh rugby news, you can catch it on Wales Online. Mm-hmm.